There are over 50 different New Testament and Old Testament scriptures outlining a clear delineation between the rapture of the church and the physical appearance of Jesus at the end of the seven-year tribulation. We are referring to where Jesus meets his family in the clouds to take us to his Father's house and to join in the marriage supper of the Lamb. Despite the abundance of biblical examples, many still differ on exactly what this means, why is it necessary, and when will this occur. Join us now as we outline the scriptures in detail, explaining when and why Jesus is coming soon, and so is the rapture of those whose heart is with him. I am Mark Russick, and you are listening to The Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion. Hello, good day, everybody. This is Mark Russick. You're listening to the Russick Outlook. Thanks, as always, for joining. Today's topic, the rapture of the church. Uh, This is probably one of the more important topics and popular topics in the world today, um, both within and outside of of the Christian circles or the Christian church. Uh, And I'll be able to show you some numbers that will bear that out in a moment. Um, and, and that probably, you know, for, with good reason that it's so popular is it's tied directly into the second coming of Jesus. Uh, for those who may not know, this is the second most referenced topic in the New Testament outside of salvation by grace. Uh, and it's tied directly into the second coming. But uh, there is a physical, there is a clear difference, I'll, I'll say, between the rapture, which is what we're going to be breaking down, uh, and uh, what's called the glorious appearing or, or the second coming of Jesus here on earth at the end of the tribulation. So we're going to uh, look into exactly what is the rapture, when will, will it occur, uh, and, and why is it necessary? Why is the Lord called upon us? Why is this uh, being pointed out in Scripture as something that, that he feels uh, necessary uh, to, to activate, I'll, I'll just say for lack of a better word now, um, so before I begin, let me just ask you, if you could, please hit the like and the subscribe button. It really helps us get the information out there, uh, especially if you want, if you're on YouTube and you want to subscribe, you'll be notified as soon as new videos come out. Uh, if you're on podcasts, it's the same thing. Uh, you'll be, you know, join up and uh, subscribe to our Apple podcast, uh, Google podcast, Spotify. Uh, we're on all the major platforms. You can find out by going to the Russick Outlook. That'll uh, that'll show you exactly where we are. Um, and, and also share it. Share the information if you can. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, no matter what your uh, platform you're on, even in social media, if you could share this information with friends, colleagues, um, you know, if you like it, if you think it's worthwhile. Uh, and, and again, it's about helping us get the information out, which is, you know, the truth of, of Jesus Christ. Uh, and the validity and the veracity of Scripture. So, uh, you know, we, we cover so many different topics as well as politics, science, technology, modern-day headlines, etc. cetera, uh, and it's always about getting to the truth. So if you could, last I just ask, if you could go to the RussickOutlook.com, sign up on our email list. Uh, we notify you when new things are coming out, new topics. But also I will give you a heads up that there's something very exciting around the corner coming in the fall that you will only find out uh, or, or be notified the details if you're on our email list. So please join our email list. Go to russicoutlook.com and you can find out there. So let's get into this. Uh, if you're following me on video, uh, I'm showing you uh, the scripture of uh, in a moment we shall be changed, which is 1 Corinthians 15, 52, which 
means that it's going to happen that quickly. And the depiction here, I saw this photograph. I said, man, this is great. Uh, it's two shoes walking and then there's steam coming out of the shoes, uh, meaning that the person was just there a second ago and, and he's now gone. And that's really kind of getting to the heart of what exactly is the rapture and, and what that may look like. So uh, I, I told you that this was an immensely popular topic. Let me show you why I know this. So many have heard of the book Left Behind. I'm sure there are over 80 million copies sold in terms of the entire set. It's a 12-book set. Uh, it was started in the mid early, around 93, 94, I believe, uh, and it just took off. And, and uh, there, there are so many, um, I, I, you know, along with this is 80 million copies sold as of, I think, two years ago. I'm sure there's more. But, you know, one of the things that, that piqued my interest is a very good friend of mine who might be listening to this right now. Uh, he's, he's a subscriber on our podcast platforms. Um, I, I met him in the church uh, where, where I was attending, and he was getting baptized, and he gave his testimony. And he said that the way he came to the Lord was by listening or, or reading the, this uh, Left Behind series. And he became so convinced, even though... Uh, you know, it's 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 a nonfiction breakdown of, of what this could look like, uh, but it's all based on scripture. At, you know, to to the letter, um, and and this is this was really this series what led him to the Lord. So I would like to say that it kind of points out the importance of the arts. Uh, you know, the musicians and 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 the writers and the authors and the dancers about what an impact you know you we you can have and we can have together. Uh, by getting good, solid material out there, uh, you know, for the glory of Jesus. So, you know, I, I just wanted to point this out. If you haven't read it or listened to it, I, I'd advise you to. I, I remember the first time I was on a plane. I was leaving from Colorado, and I was I was going down to going home to New Jersey, and I picked this up in the airport in Denver, and and I couldn't put it down. I, you know, I literally, as I got off the plane, I'm still reading it. You know, walking to my car to the to the luggage. It, it just captivated me that much. And I just, you know, I got to the point where as each series or each book was coming out afterwards, I couldn't wait till it came out. So, uh, and then that was, you know, 20 plus years ago. And a few years ago, I just felt compelled and I went, because I love audio books now. And I went and I, I downloaded the audio book. I'm, I'm showing you here that this is read by Frank Muller, this particular audio version. Uh, so if you're an audiobook aficionado, I, I'd, I'd recommend that too. Uh, it, it was great. And, you know, so I read it and then I listened 20 years later to it and uh, just, just, just tremendous. I love Tim LaHaye too. I mean, he's, he's, unfortunately, he's, he died a few years ago, but he left his mark uh, on the body of Christ with his works. So enough of that. Let me, let me get into this now. So what is the rapture? Uh, there is, it's taken from the Greek word harpazo. Uh, this is a New Testament word that's in the Bible. It's 14 different times. So, uh, you know, it is scriptural. So if somebody says, well, this isn't, you know, biblical or, or whatever, it is. Um, it, it means to carry off by force. Uh, there is a Latin term, rapio uh, or rapturo, which means to snatch away or to carry off. And the source is the English word. The Hebrew for it is lachach, uh, to take, to get, fetch, lay hold of, seize, receive, acquire, buy, bring, marry, take a wife, snatch away, take such as a bride, etc. So 
uh, I want to give you some examples because this is not this is not something new. Uh, there's many examples in the Bible that we can point to of, of rapture, and the first is is Enoch in, in the uh, book of Genesis. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Uh, this is in Hebrews 11:5, uh, and, and it says in Genesis 5:24, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Um, Acts 1:9, the the rapture of Jesus, really. Uh, and when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. Acts one nine, Second um, Corinthians twelve two four. This is Paul speaking. Um, he says, "I know a man in Christ who fourteen years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know. But God knows. It was caught up to paradise." He heard inexpressible things, things that man is not permitted to tell. So there you have Paul's example. Second um, Kings 2.11, Elijah went to heaven in, in fire. Suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And, and Elijah went up to heaven. He was taken up to heaven by an angel. Uh, and then in Acts 8.39.40, uh, it says, and when they were come, I'm sorry, and when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, because Philip, remember, this is with the uh, uh, with the eunuch, and he baptizes him on the side of the road because he was reading, I believe it was Isaiah, and he didn't really understand it, and Philip was explaining it to him, and the eunuch saw him no more, and then he went on his way rejoicing. So, uh, it, it it's it's not that he was caught up and taken away to heaven. He was transplanted to another place, but the Lord used him at that moment to help this particular uh, uh, gentleman, you know, the, the eunuch that's, that's mentioned in Acts 8.39 through 40. So my point here is we know what the word means, snatch or take away uh, by, by force, and we have many different examples throughout the Bible. Uh, you know, I'm pointing out five different ones here, you know, as, as I look at that, and that's, that's many. Um, so... There, there is basis for it. There's a, there has historical foundation for what the, for what the rapture is. So I, I mentioned earlier in the opening that there's two distinctions of his one coming. Uh, Bible teachers and students see the second coming in two phases. The rapture of Christ's church is the first phase. His glorious coming to earth with power and glory is the second phase. Others contend that the coming of Christ in the air is for his church is a special event, and therefore it is the second coming. Uh, I contend, as many others do, that there's only one second coming. The appearance of Christ in the air to rapture his church is a separate event. It foreshadows his coming again to earth after the seven-year tribulation period. So there is no doubt there are two specific aspects or two separate aspects of the Lord's coming because there are so many passages that show the distinction between the two. If you're following me on video, I've outlined probably 20-something scriptures concerning the rapture and, and over 20 scriptures concerning the second coming. So I, I'm not going to go through it all now, but this is both uh, uh, for, the, for the rapture of the church. It's mentioned specifically in the New Testament. For the second coming passages, you have many examples from the Old Testament and the New Testament, and that certainly makes sense. I wanted to read for you just very briefly 1 Thessalonians 4.13 through 18. I'm going to be 
coming back to this again. Uh, this is Paul. And, and I will say that Paul talks about in this book, uh, The Second Coming, a lot. I believe that more than anything else, it, that this might be the most referenced book. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. So we're talking about now the people who have died but believed in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, archangel being Michael, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up together, the rapture, with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And I uh, highlighted the word encourage, uh, and I'll come back to that why that, that's a very important term in terms of uh, or a word in terms of the timing of it all. Um, so really what Paul is saying here is at the rapture of the church, the dead in Christ will, will be called first into the air and they will receive their glorified bodies. If, they're, if they know the Lord now, if you know somebody who's passed on, knows the Lord, their spirit is in heaven with them. They're in paradise with the Lord. And this is where they will gain their spiritual bodies and they get caught up. And right afterwards, uh, you know, we who are still alive, uh, would be caught up. But what's interesting here is, uh, you know, he's he's not saying that that this is tied into specifically the physical second coming, that it's really a separate event. Uh, and, and I'll be able to break this down more as we go along. So as I said, there's a lot of, not a lot, there, there's a fair degree of uh, uncertainty in terms of the timing of it all. So the way I've broken this down for you in the charts here, I've given you four examples because there's four potential uh, beliefs or, 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 or uh, means of, of how they interpret Scripture. And, and let me just say this too, that Scripture is not abundantly clear as to the exact timing, but I believe if you look at certain, a number of, of, of Scriptures, it's clear to me at, at any rate that the rapture of the church occurs before the tribulation. So I've broken down the time period into the church age, the tribulation, which is the seven-year trial. If you don't know the Lord, what that refers to is that there will be seven years uh, of God's wrath will be poured upon the earth, where it's really going to be you know, the final call for, for those who would come to the Lord, and then the millennium, where it's a thousand-year reign of, of Jesus on the earth. So I've broken that down into church age, tribulation, millennium. And, and I'm giving you four different um, uh, beliefs. So as I said, if you look at example number one, that happens right before the tribulation. Uh, there is some that believe that there is a partial rapture, that only what, what I'm calling spiritual Christians, and, and, and there are carnal Christians, you know, those Christians uh, who call themselves Christians but ne don't necessarily have that relationship. Um, and, and so any rate, they're saying that they would go up after the tribulation. And then you have some who believe it comes in mid-tribulation at the three and a half year marker, because there is some things that occur at the three and a half year marker that some believe would cause that. And then uh, there are some people who 
believe that this is all one event and it ties in together and that we all go up at the end of the tribulation, at the end of the seven years. So those are the four, I, I don't want to call them theories, but those are the four trains of thought. So everyone that believes the Bible and believes in the second coming of Jesus um, acknowledges this, that you know Jesus said that I promise you, uh, it, um, he, he says, I prepare for you many mansions and, and that you will be coming to my father's house. Um, these events are so clearly taught, <clears throat> it's impossible to deny, it, to deny it. So, but there are these divergent opinions and I'll just <clears throat> break this down briefly here. The pre-tribulation rapture, which is where I fall in. Uh, Christ comes in fulfillment of his own promise in Revelation 3.10 from the, uh, to keep his church from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon the the world to the whole world to try them that dwell upon the earth. So this is the the final trial. This is where the wrath of God is poured out for seven years, and and this and many other scriptures say that that Jesus is is taking your church that you will not be able you will not incur the the wrath of God, um, and and I will say you know if you look at Revelation. I believe it's from chapter 4 on, which is where you get into the, the, the beginning of the tribulation. The church is never, ever mentioned until the very end when Jesus comes and he comes with his church. So that should tell you a great deal right there. Uh, as I said, number two is the partial rapture, that Christ will only come for those uh, that look for him. And they're basing this on... Hebrews 9.28, this is a probably the least popular. Uh, there's the mid-tribulation rapture where Christ raptures his church at the three-and-a-half-year point. And they say this ties into the two witnesses in Revelation 11. For those who may not know, there are two witnesses that will be at the Temple Mount, uh, which will be uh, Elijah and Enoch, those who have not died. Anyway, I'm not going to get into it, but... Um, they they die for three and a half days. They're they're in the streets. Everybody sees them, um, and then they're taken up. They're resurrected and taken up into heaven. So they tie that into that. And then fourth, uh, Christ will come at the end of the tribulation. Uh, it's a popular view, but I I just don't see it. And and I'll and I'll break this down. And it also um, it leaves no time to you know as Jesus said to go to the Father's house. And also the marriage supper of the Lamb and the judgment seat of Christ. And by judgment seat of Christ, I mean a good thing. This is the Bema seat where we get our rewards. Uh, so there's, you know, there, there, there's a lot there, and we'll be covering all of this. Um, but but there are nonetheless there are people who who uh, aspire to this um, uh, belief. I, I tell, and I have friends that 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 do. And this is not a matter of salvation. You know, if you believe in a, in a post tribulation rapture. That's certainly your prerogative and your understanding. I just tell them, hey, you know, at the pre-trip rapture, I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to stop by, swing you, and, and put my arm down and pick you up. Um, but, you know, in, in all seriousness, I, I just wanted to point out here that uh, there's a Pew survey of those who, who call themselves Christians or believe in God, believe in the salvation of Jesus. But what a wide disparity of what they believe in, in terms of, their belief in God, their belief in heaven, and their belief in hell. And and 87% believe in God. This is the Pew Research study. And this was maybe a year and a half, two years ago. 74, this is in America, uh, 74% believe in heaven, and only 59% believe in hell. 
So there's a huge disparity, which tells me that the church has really not done its job, the church as a whole, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, in terms of educating uh, a lot of people. And I'll say in a, in a lot of churches, they don't necessarily teach prophecy. They don't necessarily aspire to, you know, uh, getting their their uh, members uh, brought up to speed. You know, a third of the book is, is, is prophecy, but unfortunately, some churches don't don't teach that, which is, I think, kind of contributes to, to this to a degree. It's just my own personal opinion. Um, but, you know, there's going to be, I point this out because, you know, I think there are so many people, and I know, I know some of them personally, who believe if you're good and you've done the right thing and, you know, hey, yeah, okay, all right, I believe in God, but I'm a good person too. And, and I think they're going to be stunned at, at the rapture of the church beforehand. Um, and, and, you know, if, if, if they've heard the, the message of Jesus and it'll give them that, that time, you know, there'll be millions that I believe will come to the Lord uh, during the rapture, but it'll be hell on earth. It'll be the, the most horrendous, heinous time. Holy Spirit will, will, you know, the Holy Spirit in us and the Christians will have left the earth. And, and you know, uh, not only that, demons are released. I mean, it's just, it's, it's insanity. Uh, like nothing I could ever really possibly imagine. But, I, you know, I, I just say all that because for a pre-trib belief, uh, which is what I fall in, I believe when that happens, you're going to see many people who thought they knew the Lord, um, you know, just... And, and, and I think if you read, if, if you don't know this, if you read or listen to the book, the Left Behind series, you'll, you'll really get to what I understand. Uh, you'll get to the meaning of what I'm trying to say, I should say. Yeah. So let me, uh, let me continue here. Luke 17, 24 through 37. This is Jesus speaking. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. We know that came to pass. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. So just brief time out. You know, I'm sure all of you or at least hopefully uh, most of you know the, the account of Noah and the ark. And, you know, I think it was 80 years he, he, was, he was building the ark. And, and it hadn't rained, and these people, you know, were going on with life as, as it was. And, and it was, you know, so heinous and horrendous and filled with sin that God brought about the flood. Um, but they would have been stunned. And it says, goes on to say, likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating, drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. In other words, life going on, they're doing what they want. They're justifying whatever their sins are. It doesn't matter. Uh, God will take care of me. It's okay. I'm a good person. But on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, let the one who is in the housetop with his goods in the house not come down to take them away. And likewise, let the one who is in the field not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life will keep it. I tell you, in that night, there will be two in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. There will be two women grinding together. One will be taken and the other left. And they said to him, where, Lord? He said to them, where the corpses, there the vultures will gather. So, he, you know, he's drawing that distinction that 
you know, uh, you, you could literally have, you know, two people in the same room. They could, they could be holding hand in hand, could be a husband and wife. One is gone and, and the other is left behind. Uh, hence the title of the book. So he's talking about the days of Noah. So let, let's look at Noah first and the days of Lot we'll, we'll get to. Life was going on as normal. People were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. But we also know from other texts in Genesis that the earth was corrupted, filled with violence. It goes on to say that the wickedness of man had become so great that the thoughts and the intentions of men were continuously evil. So, you know, we, I've, I've broken a lot of this down in the past in terms of the Nephilim, but there was so much more going on. Um, and, and this is why I would believe that, uh, you know, the, the New Testament points out, uh, cast down every vain imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bring every thought into the captivity and the obedience of God. Because we are carnal. We are our flesh. You know, if you leave ourselves to our imaginations, it gets pretty wicked. Uh, God was so disappointed with man that he become, uh, that he chose in the end to wipe mankind from the face of the earth. In summary, society was filled with violence. Everyone was thinking evil thoughts. There was sp spiritual, physical interaction between demonic forces and humans, yet all such things had become normal in people's minds because, as it is written, everyone just carried on eating and drinking and marrying. I believe if you're listening, if you are a Christian, if you're, if you're not a Christian, if you just would keep an open mind, if you just look at the last couple of years, uh, evil is just running rampant. People are just doing whatever they want, and, and people are justifying it. You know, they're, they're just, they're calling good evil and evil good. And, and, and I know some of them, who, you know, who would call themselves Christians. And, and they, you know, they kind of say their justification is this book is old and, you know, this was written a couple of thousand years ago and, you know, God's more hip and up to date. And, and, and I'm being, you know, tongue in cheek with my words, but that's really what they're saying and, and that they're somehow more evolved than what this word has, has put forth. Uh, the people had lost sight of what was good and evil and could no longer discern the difference. How about Lot? Yet once again, we see a similar pattern. What was Sodom's great sin that warranted its destruction by fire and brimstone? The obvious answer is sexual immorality and perversion. Such was the level of depravity that affected the entire region. Sodom, Gomorrah, and many surrounding towns and villages in the plains were also destroyed. We, we know that there, there is history of this and there's archaeological evidence and salt in, the, in these areas and, and it's dead. Nothing is growing in these areas if you go there today in, in, in Israel. Um, the angels the Lord sent into the city to rescue Lot and his family appeared in the form of men who were themselves subject to sexual harassment. These were the angels. We read in chapter 19, verse 5, that the men of the city were banging on Lot's front door shouting, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out that we might know them carnally. That's, I'm reading, you know, what scripture says. Lot even offered his two virgin daughters to appease the sexual desires of the crowd, but they refused. They wanted the two angelic men. Please, my brethren, do not be, do so wickedly is what Lot, Lot's response was. See, now I have two daughters who have not known a man. Homosexuality, which Lot recognized as wickedness, was the key to the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom being the root of the word sodomy. Uh, you know, and, and there are people who, you know, they're not going to be comfortable with, with what this word says. But I'm, I'm just saying that this is what it is. And uh, it does not mean that God does not love, you know, people who, who practice homosexuality. And, and he does. I mean, he loves all men and women. And he wants them all to come to the saving grace of God. Um, but 
you know, nonetheless, sin is sin. And, and, you know, I'm a sinner. I'm saved by grace, you know, but I, I was just fortunate enough uh, to recognize the, the truth of Jesus Christ. Uh, the story ends with the total destruction of the people and the cities as an act of judgment because of their grave sin, which is sexual immorality. So let me get into Genesis 7 uh, over here. Then the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark and all your household, for I have seen that you were a righteous before me in this generation. Uh, the flood continued for 40 days on the earth. The waters increased and bore up the ark and it rose above the earth. I'm pointing this out, and this is strictly my opinion, that I believe there's symbolism here where the waters rose above the earth and people who were below were killed. So they were saved. So I, I believe that by, by it's, it's more of a symbol, and this, again, is just my opinion as I look at this, that there's something to the fact that he was rescued by being elevated. Uh, Genesis 8:24. the fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain from the heavens was restrained and the waters proceeded from the earth continually. At the end of the 150 days, the waters abated. And in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. Notice seven being the number of perfection from the Lord, seventh month, 17th day. Uh, and I just, you know, my previous broadcast or two broadcasts back, I was talking about a different topic, but uh, Noah's father, uh, Lamech, had lived 777 years and then the flood came or then, you know, Noah came, uh, you know, who brought around the flood. So th there, there's something to that that's a form of completion. It's a form of, OK, you're coming into the next phase now. Genesis 19:17 through 22. And as they brought them out. One said, escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. It's going back to Lot. And Lot said to them, oh no, my lords, behold, your servant has found favor in your sight and you have shown me great kindness in saving my life. So this is the angel talking to, to Lot where, you know, these people wanted to sexually abuse the angels. But I cannot escape to the hills, lest the disaster overtake me and I die. Behold, the city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Let me escape there. It is not a little one, and my life will be saved. The angel replies, Behold, I grant you this favor also, that I will not overthrow the city of which you have spoken. Escape there quickly, for I can do nothing till you arrive there. Again, this is my opinion. I believe there's very uh, uh, significant here. Escape before the wrath of God comes. God has provided that escape mechanism a, a different place before the wrath of God is, point, is poured out. And this is what we see in Scripture, and I'm going to be breaking this down in, in the following broadcast of all the different Scriptures that point this out. So I, I, I just wanted to highlight that, you know, and, and I have three terms here where we've got the covenant of God, that God's given that covenant with us, and, and we see that from, from the ark that Jesus continuously offers his hand to rescue us. He's always there for us. And, and we get this, and we, this comes about more often than not through prayers, through the prayers of, of, of the righteous, through the prayers of the Lord, where Jesus hears and we're praying for others. And I would just encourage you that if you know, and I'm sure you're doing this, if you know others in your family, friends, workplace, that do not know the Lord, if you look around, you know, it, it's... I mean, just the news alone, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing stuff every day for the last week that points to the Bible, to the second coming. I mean, literally, it is happening that fast. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow, but I'm not saying, you know, the, the, the rapture of the church couldn't, couldn't happen. Um, you know, it could be five years, 10 years. And I say oftentimes, even if it's a hundred years, that's pretty darn close. Um, uh, but it's coming. Jesus is coming. So, uh, let's, let's, let's continue here. I want to, and I give you the, the analogy here. If you're following me on video of the life raft, and I believe that this is a life raft that's thrown to the church. Uh, and a good friend of mine, uh, you know, we were doing this Bible study on, on the rapture, and he, he came up with this. I believe it, he came up with it. But it. It was great. It says, The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, where the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And, and I believe that we can learn that lesson uh, from the Old Testament, from Noah, from Lot, you know, as Jesus pointed out. So 2 Peter 2, 4 through 10, For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of darkness until the judgment, if he did not spare the old ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness with seven others. So he preserved Noah. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you are righteous, not by anything that you've done on your own, but by everything that Jesus has done to you and through you. You are the righteousness of Jesus. Uh, so, you know, they, that's another indication because remember, Jesus said, just as it was in the days of Noah and Lot, but he was righteous. It doesn't mean he was perfect, uh, but but he was righteous. And it is the same with us. We are far from, from perfect, but we are righteous only through the blood of Jesus. Jump down to verse 7. And if he rescued the righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as the righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of the judgment. So there's, there's clear indications throughout Scripture, and, and I'm going to be breaking this down further in, in, the, in the following uh, broadcast, where we see clearly, as clear as day, that the church will be raptured before the seven years of tribulation. So what are the reasons for the rapture? Uh, to save us from the wrath of Jesus. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's basically uh, the way I would put it in, in my own modern day vernacular is, you know, there's going to be a point where God said enough is enough. It's kind of like your father when, you know, if my father corrected me as a kid, he would look at me and say enough is enough. And I knew that was it uh, because if I didn't get in line, then his wrath was coming. Uh, and clearly we see the wrath of God is coming. And I'm going to be breaking that down in the next broadcast uh, and, and we'll see that in Revelation. So uh, let me point out Revelation six fifteen through 16. Then the kings of the earth and the great ones and generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who's seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. So this is the unsaved. There, there is so bad during this time that they're praying for death. They're saying, just kill us. Just get it over with because everything around us is so bad and we do not want to encounter the wrath of the Lamb. And chances are that these are people who 
you know, have made their allegiance with, with Satan and or with the world, which is run by Satan. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? First Thessalonians uh, 1, 9 through 10. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and the true God. This is Paul speaking. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Again, he does not deliver us through the wrath, but from the wrath. So I, I, I just, I can't see how Christians can say that we're going through the tribulation. Luke 21, 34 through 35. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with uh, dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, that that day may come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the earth. Stay awake at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape, to not go through or endure all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Uh, so you know, there's that encouragement. You need to escape. You need to put your position, put yourselves in a position. So if you don't know the Lord, uh, you know, this is what you you you, you want to do. <laughs> you want to know the Lord. Um, Isaiah 26, 19 through 20. Your dead shall live, their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy. Come, my people, enter your chambers. Shut your doors behind you like the days of Noah. Hide yourselves for a little while until the fury has passed by. Again, giving you the example in the Old Testament about hiding yourself from that. Let me close with uh, 1 Thessalonians 5. This is abundantly clear here. Now, concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, just as Jesus said. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But, for you, but you are not in darkness, brothers, but that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake. Be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, so the, the distinction there is day, you know, is light versus darkness, really. Uh, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate, uh, breastplate of, uh, of faith and love and the helmet and the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us to wrath. Again, he's making it clear here. But to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, whether we are awake or asleep, that we might live with him. I'm going back to what I said in the beginning. Therefore, encourage, comfort one another, and build one another up, just as you are doing. If I don't find that encouraging if I'm going to go through the tribulation. I can't encourage you to say, you're going to go through you know, what's outlined, and I'm going to explain that in the following broadcast. That doesn't make any sense at all. But I am encouraged by the fact that because I am with Jesus, I will escape this. I will not have to go through the wrath of God. I will not have to go experience the fury of God. And let me just say this. In this seven-year tribulation, you're not only dealing with the, with the wrath of God, you're dealing with the wrath of Satan because he knows his days are numbered. He's, he, he's furious. So he's going to be pouring it out. So evil will be pervasive everywhere coupled with 
the thoughts and the intents of an evil man. Demons will be everywhere, and the Lord's wrath will be poured out. And the Holy Spirit, you know, it still has a role to play, but you do not have those people uh, or the church, uh, you know, you do not have that covering. And, and, and I'll give you the scripture in, in, in the following broadcast of what I mean by that. So, uh, you know, on that note, I, that, let, let me close here um, because there's so much more to this that, that I'm going to cover uh, in the following broadcast. And again, I'm going to outline exactly what is the wrath of God. What are those seven years? What is God saying will happen in those seven years? Uh, there will be the major points in Scripture I'm going to lay out for you uh, that would uh, support a pre-trib rapture. So the rapture of the church will happen before. I'm going to give you many scriptures that will support that. Uh, we're going to break down the doctrine of imminency, that be ready. It could happen at any moment. I'm going to, I'll, I'll, I'll break that down and also give you many scriptures to support that. Also, the marriage supper of the Lamb. You know, this is, we know so much about this. We are the, we're kind of unofficially the guests of honor. I'm going to say the guest of honor should, he's not really the guest, but he is the one who gets honor is Jesus. But he gave his life for us and we are his, his bride. And when you go to a wedding, what do you do? You look at the bride, all focus, all attention is on the bride. So you are invited, you are the guest of honor to the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're going to break that down. I'm going to break down what are the chronological events, the sequential events that will happen uh, according to Scripture. And then I'm going to lay out exactly what the difference is between the glorious appearing, which is the physical second coming of Jesus, and the rapture of the church. I'm going to give you 15 points side by side, the, the very, very distinct differences as outlined in the Bible. And then last is, I'm going to cover America. So, you know, you may be listening to me from another country. Um, I, I am from America, and, and I know most of my listeners are. I, so many people say, where is American prophecy? Why is it American prophecy? I believe wholeheartedly, I'm going to break this down. You're going to see where America or why America is not visible in the Bible, and it pertains specifically to our, t our subject here today. So let me close with that. I, I thank you again for your time. This has been hopefully uh, enlightening to you and informative. At least that's always my intent. Questions and comments, don't hesitate. Email me at russicoutlook at gmail.com. Prayer requests, if you don't know the Lord, please seek him. Uh, the, the time is near, and, and, and I'm not kidding, and, and, and it's very, very clear. Um, and, and I say this all the time. The word says that Jesus knocks on the door of your heart. Everybody and anybody always wants to know, is God real? Am I here for a reason? You are. God is real. And, and ask him, and I promise you he'll show you. Um, find yourself, you know, in wherever area, you know, that there's good churches, email me. Uh, I'm happy to fulfill or answer any prayer requests. And if you're not sure of churches in your area, I'm happy to check them out. I know of a number of churches around the country that are good, but there's, there, there's so many. So, uh, uh, God bless you. I thank you for your time. And, you know, you've been listening to the Russick Outlook. And remember, as always, just my opinion. <laughs>